Hello and welcome along to the latest issue of the Sport Huddle brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sports Team. Um, my name's Ian and I'm your host this week and we are joined by Bill Dale and Jim Walker and we'll be chewing the fat over local sport and um, some interesting topics as well on the way. Um, and also cricket season's on its way. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we'll have a little mention about that, but it will have a big preview next week of that as well. Um, so we'll start with local football. Um, we'll start with, um, Leeds United who have got, um, the small matter, Bill, of, um, Arsenal away this weekend. Well, they have, um, and uh, I've just been reading one or two uh, articles uh, about the upcoming uh, game, um, and, and both of them use the word that I've been using all week, which is it's a free hit, because Arsenal are the standout team uh, of the year, uh, Leeds are playing away at, uh, at the Emirates, um, and I don't think anybody expects them to achieve anything. Um, the good thing from a Leeds United perspective is that they won their last game two weeks ago, uh, 4-2 away at uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. That pulled them out of the bottom uh, three, uh, put them 14th, uh, and, and, and I think if they've felt a bit down at any stage over the last uh, fortnight, they just glance at the table and realise that uh, uh, they're in not a bad position. Um, there are nine teams down there battling against... Uh, uh, relegation and um, you know Leeds. Well, it's a free hit, and, and anything is a bonus uh, out of it. Um, I think um, the upcoming games are really going to be the ones that start determining uh, where they uh, where they end towards the end of the season. Um, you mentioned off air you yourself are at uh, Ellen Road on uh, on Tuesday when uh, yeah. Nottingham Forest, who are um, Probably on the balance of probabilities, more likely to go down than Leeds. Uh, and then the uh, the following weekend, it's uh, Crystal Palace, who are only a matter of a, a point ahead. Um, mm. This weekend will be interesting um, because um, with so many teams down there, a lot of them are playing each other. Um, Forest themselves are playing Wolves. Um, Leicester are playing uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, West Ham are playing Southampton. Um uh, and then Bournemouth, Fulham, uh, Everton, Spurs. Um, so there's going to be some shuffling around in that pack because they're so tightly condensed, only four points between 12th place and uh, and, uh, and the bottom. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I think as a realistic league fan, I would hope that they don't get hammered um, because uh, they've got a goal difference of minus nine, which is nine better than Everton, 18 better than Forest, 20 better than Bournemouth and 10 better than Wolves. And I suspect when the final... Knockings come uh, towards the end of May. Goal difference could be critical. It could be. And that goal difference for Leeds is almost like an extra point. It um, is. Because of how good it is in comparison to all the other teams in and around them. So, yeah, uh, I mean, a 1-0 defeat wouldn't be the worst scoreline um, on Saturday away at Arsenal. Um, with looking at everyone playing everyone else, like you like you say, um Palace, Leicester, Forest, Wolves. Um, so, yeah, they're all playing each other. So it's going to be tight. Um, tighter than a very tight thing that's extremely tight, I, I think. Um, but uh, what have you made of the international week, by the way, you two? Uh, Jim, go with you first. Um, good week for England. Fantastic week for Scotland. Good week for Wales. Yeah, I mean, everybody will be delighted. I mean, I think um, international weeks that this time of the year are probably better than international weeks 
at the end of the season where everybody's sort of hobbling around on one leg and really is looking forward to the beach. Um, um, But to go away to Italy and win, uh, I thought was impressive. And to to beat uh, Ukraine, you would expect them to beat Ukraine at Wembley. I thought disappointed they didn't score more goals, I must admit, but... Um, but they they seem to have a good team spirit, um, and um, and they looked uh, you know they looked the part. I mean, I must be honest and say I do find international football um, less exciting than I find club football, simply because there is such an emphasis on keeping the ball, and so yeah. rather than risk a pass, um, people invariably pass it backwards, and then we go round. And across, it's like watching a poorer version of Manchester City, really, um, <laughs> because eventually the ball does get lost, but then the other team do exactly the same for the next 10 minutes. It's like a slow-down game of basketball, where yeah. um, just nothing seems to happen. Then all of a sudden, there'll be an, an acceleration, and um, and something may or may not uh, come of it. But, uh, but yeah, I think everybody that played uh, did all right. Um, the... Uh, uh, the team looks reasonably settled now, you have to say. Um, obviously, Rashford was out uh, injured, so he's a contender, and I would think he would probably play play some really stroke Madison. Um, but um, other than that, the uh, team looked settled, the defence looked reasonably solid, I thought. And um, um, as, as you say, in start out, outstanding performances was Scotland. I mean, yeah. uh, beat Spain 2-0. I mean, despite... Uh, what Rodri complained about of the diving and the time wasting, but I mean nobody knows more about that than overseas players. I wonder thought and the leagues that they play in. Um, so um, so yeah, so I mean I'd, it'd be difficult to see how it could have been any better really, um, because uh, and nobody got injured. I mean I think that's sort of the other always the plus point that you know who comes back from England and not able to play the following Saturday. But yeah, from Leeds's point of view, of course. Um, Adams is the uh, is the big concern, and I think that is a loss. Uh, the fact that he's not likely to play again. Well, I doubt he'll play this season, to be honest. Um, and I think that is a big uh, that is a big blow. Yeah. Um, what I don't know, and you two guys might do, is whether any of uh, particularly Leeds' team um, represent countries that play miles and miles and miles away. So they have to contend with sort of two lots of jet lag, um, getting there, there and there and back. I mean, England players, obviously, they're all all right because they just crossed to Italy and that was that was the extent of their journey. But some of these other uh, players can go, you know, zoom, you know, well, I don't know where they were playing. You tell me. Yeah, so we had Liam Cooper was at Hamden, so he was fine. Then. Tyler Adams, McKenzie, and um, Aronson all played for the US, didn't they, Bill? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's that's a journey and a half. Um, yeah. But um, off the top of my head, can't think of any others. I'm sure Bill could enlighten me there. Um, uh, okay, well, I can't think. There's two Americans. Uh, I think the rest of the uh, internationals were largely European-based. Um, yeah. But Nonto and uh, Max Vober uh, have both come back with, uh, in Nonto's case, an ankle injury, uh, Vober's case, uh, a hamstring, and neither of them are available for uh, the game on Saturday. Ah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nonto played against England, didn't he, for um, Italy on uh, the first game <laughs> away? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, played very well. That is a blow. That is. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Um, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, well done to Scotland. 2 0 at home to Spain. Absolutely fantastic result and a great performance as well, actually. Um, Angus Gunn in goal, keeping two clean sheets. Um, and and, and, a, and a, a mention in dispatches for Wales to bring a point back from Croatia. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They've took four points off two games. Um, a draw away at Croatia with a 93rd minute equaliser, always good fun, um, and then beating Latvia um, at home as well. So mm. everyone seems to be um, doing all right at the moment. So aren't, aren't all three countries top of their respective leagues? I think they are, actually. Yeah, I England and Scotland not. definitely are. Um, yeah, I, thought, thought I, I think probably Wales yeah. are. I think Wales are as well, actually, looking at this. So, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Northern Ireland are going through one of their downward phases at the moment, as are Ireland. Um, but uh, they played very well, did Ireland against France. We're a bit unlucky there. Um, mm. An absolute worldie uh, was the goal that beat them. So, um, so yeah, on Saturday... Um, we'll be at the John Smith Stadium. Well, Bernie Thornton will be. Not sure who he's with, actually, but he'll definitely be there. Um, Huddersfield Town against Middlesbrough. A big game for both teams. Um, Huddersfield, after their win away at Millwall, have gone and given themselves a fighting chance of staying up, um, which most Huddersfield fans would have said that they'd, they'd gone. Um, but... Uh, it's a wonder what three points does for you because they're now only three points behind safety. So, um, but Borough are going to be a very difficult proposition um, under Michael Carrick. They've just been absolutely sensational uh, this season and um, are chasing Sheffield United uh, on their tails for the second automatic promotion place. Um, just a quick one, you guys. Um, Huddersfield, do you think they'll stay up? Do you think Warnock will do it? Uh, um, in, in a word, no. Um, no. <laughs> but, but I think that's I think that's a little bit more of a probably not. Um, I mean, Stuart a couple of weeks ago summed up um, uh, Huddersfield's uh, dilemma uh, quite nicely in saying that uh, the vast majority of their uh, uh, remaining games are against teams in the uh, top ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know the the the, the, uh, the visit of Borough is followed by a trip to Watford, um, and they're just going to, have to start getting points. But you know that that win just keeps them interested, and and, and yeah. I think the the battle they've got is just not to be cast adrift, just to hang in there, um, wait for other people to uh, to make mistakes, um, and just try and take it to the last day of the season and and and, and uh, effect a great escape. Absolutely. Uh, Jim, your thoughts, quick? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think, uh, actually, they've got more of a chance against Middlesbrough playing them after the international break than they would do if it was just in a run of normal league games. Mm. Um, because, you know, I don't know, you know which players from either team, if any, have actually been on the international break, but probably some have been with somewhere. And um, it's just you just have that disjoint of not having the players there as part of a group for that, that couple of weeks, and uh, um, so um, so I wouldn't totally rule out Huddersfield getting a draw on Saturday. I think somebody has said 
previously on this broadcast that one of the Huddersfield's possible salvations might be somebody else going into administration. I'm not quite sure where that's where that's got to. Um, yeah, I think Wigan. Wigan have had points deducted for failing to pay their staff on time on four different occasions. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. There was there were I thought Birmingham were in the frame. Yeah, the Birmingham frame. are in the frame as well. I mean Huddersfield Town were in the frame for going into administration, but the deadline for the points being deducted this season has passed. So ah. if anyone now goes into administration now, the right. points will be deducted next season. So. Um, ah, right. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm that's, not sure anyone will do that. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, there's it's a line from a, a film called Clockwise, which um, starred John Cleese, and it's a line that has lived with me ever since I first saw that film. And it basically says um, that it's you can stand the despair, I can stand the despair, but it's the hope I cannot stand, and that <laughs> is what football does to you. <laughs> the hope it's that kills hope. you. It's the hope that kills you. I can stand the despair, but please don't give me hope. Um, but, yeah, good luck to Huddersfield, and we'll be there on Saturday. Actually, double coverage this Saturday, because Bradford Grimsby is kicking off at one o'clock, and our very own Ilkley Mariner, the fisherman himself, Alan Breeze, is going to be there for that one. Uh, not sure who with as yet, but, uh, yep, double match commentary on Saturday. So if you're unfortunately in hospital... Bradford, Grimsby, and then Huddersfield, Middlesbrough will be on your radio on Hospital Radio. So um, listening to that one, Bradford definitely need the win. Um, I must say, I saw the Carlisle game and they didn't look very good that night, but um, the weather didn't help. (coughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Who Harrogate got this weekend, Jim? Do you know? Uh, Yeah, they're playing tomorrow night, which is slightly unusual, playing Tranmere away. And Tranmere uh, away on a Friday night. Tranmere away on a Friday night. And the manager is making much of the impact if they could get a win on Friday night it, that that would have on the teams below them because it would mean that they would be going into their Saturday games knowing that Harrogate by then would be 11 points clear of the bottom bottom two if they win win tomorrow night. Yeah. Conversely, of course, if they lose tomorrow night, then the other teams will be looking at it and thinking, well, you know, perhaps perhaps six points isn't quite so bad. Seems yes. to be quite quite a difference between uh, uh, six and sorry, six and nine, isn't it? Nine, eleven. Sorry, apologies, maths wasn't good. Um, six and nine. So, uh, um, so who uh, who knows? But there's there's some tricky games now knocking around there because. I think Rochdale are probably gone, but um, any of Hartlepool, Crawley, Colchester, Crew, Newport, I think, are in a bit of bother because they're uh, they've not been doing too good of late. So yeah. I think they're, they're in the mix. Um, but some of these teams are now just getting into a bit of uh, uh, panic mode, but um, sort of grinding out results. And uh, so Harrogate uh, uh, aren't safe by any means the two teams below them have both got 37 points then they're the, then the two at the bottom are 32 and 26 well perhaps forget about Rochdale but um, uh, this weekend I think Rochdale are playing well they're playing Wimbledon so so that's that's pretty pretty safe so I think Rochdale should 
could be well and truly adrift. But the bottom teams it's... seem to have difficult games, Jim. Um, Crawley are away at Mansfield. That's going to be a tough game. Um, Hartlepool are at home to Swindon, who are very up and down. Um, mm. Crew are away at Doncaster, and Colchester and yeah. Newport play Col- each other. That, that's that's the that's the danger one for Harrogate because if Colchester were to beat Newport, that puts them then above Harrogate. So uh, depending on not yeah. how, so, but it it just reinforces the point that uh, Harrogate need to try and uh, do well tomorrow night at Tranmere. But you know they're they're not used to playing on a Friday night, so um, so I don't think there's much enthusiasm for the game. But uh, one can only hope that uh, uh, they they produce the goods. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid that Tranmere always seemed to play on Friday nights mm-hmm. because they um, they'd then get more fans going because Liverpool and Everton will be playing on the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're going back to that, um, yeah. which you can't blame them really. So. No. Um, Friday night football. Um, thanks, guys. That's 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 our local football roundup. Um, we don't have much rugby league expertise on the show tonight, and uh, but I will say that the the Rhinos' uh, victory over Catalans, which was live on Channel Four on last Saturday, was absolutely immense. It was such a great comeback, a great victory against a team who hadn't lost. They'd won all five games. So the Rhinos, absolutely, I mean, it was, I think it was, was it 22-8 at halftime? Um, it was, um, but then all of a sudden the Rhinos kicked on and 32-22 was the final score and um, absolutely fantastic. Um, Harry Newman um, looks a player. He definitely does, as do a lot of those players. So well done for the Rhinos and especially on national TV as well. Absolutely fantastic. Um, for the Rhinos. So, um, cricket. <laughs> it's March, but yes, we're going to little mention about cricket. Um, Jim, um, the season starts um, a week today, Thursday, at time of recording. Um, so, um, yeah, where are Yorkshire? Well, as ever, Yorkshire are in chaos, but um, um, they had the official launch today of the. Uh, uh, of the the squad for the new season, but of course, first thing that happens is there's no captain because the captain is um, away, and Darren Goff doesn't know quite when he's coming back because um, the the issue is whether he gets picked for um, um, uh, for the uh, um, for the for the upcoming um, matches for. For uh, Pakistan, I think mm. they're playing New Zealand and uh, a couple of a uh, couple of others. So uh, they uh, they've got uh, um, uh, they've got Johnny Tattersall on standby as as uh, as, as captain, and uh, I had to have a slight smile um, because um, uh, it said uh, uh, if, if Masu if, if if Masood is picked for uh, Pakistan's matches against New Zealand from April the 14th to May the 7th, then Tadzasil will fill the void as he did admirably last season. Well, if I seem to recall rightly, uh, they went down. So how, how do you get relegated and, and told you, you, you've you done admirably? I'm, I'm slightly at a loss. 
Um, but uh, nevertheless, the, there's, there's as ever confidence awry. Um, but um, uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I think that would be the thing. Um, Johnny Bairstow, there's better news on Johnny Bairstow. He's now uh, running up and down, uh, although according to the coach, he's not running from side to side yet. Um, so he's not going to play um, uh, in, in the first match against Leicestershire, which starts next next Thursday, which we'll be covering. Um, but uh, he is hoping that he might be, be fit for the games that come uh, that come after that. Which um, uh, which are against uh, uh, look uh, Gloucestershire, Sussex. Um, well, Gloucestershire and Sussex, really, they're the two he wants to play in, in order that he can then might be able to play for England against Ireland in the first uh, first Test match. There is a um, a friendly game starting um, on Saturday uh, between uh, Yorkshire and Leeds Bradford Universities. So that will give us a first sight of uh, probably some of the uh, some some of the new uh, the new players. Uh, but of course, the match against Leicestershire might well feature um, Ryan Ahmed um, playing for Les- for Leicestershire because he's keen to play as much red ball cricket as he can. So that will add a few uh, few extra uh, um, levels of interest to the game, I think. Uh, and as ever, we'll just have to see see how it goes. We'll see what the weather's like, and uh, and we'll see whether any of the new Yorkshire Yorkshire players, um, particularly the, I'm quite interested in this Australian fast bowler, Mickey Edwards, I think his name is, who qualifies for England by some some count. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that works, but he's not. Um, um, sorry, he doesn't necessarily qualify for England, but he, he's not classed as an overseas player. So okay. he's classed as a domestic player. So he uh, he looks as if he might be promising, I would think, given his background. Um, and um, uh, and then we'll see whether any of the others do well. I would, I would expect yeah. Adam Lyde will, will do as well as ever opening the batting. Uh, but to be honest, it, it's so cold and so wet at the minute that it won't be much fun next Thursday, I can't imagine. Although next week it's forecast to be dry. So, yeah, um, always so, good. So that's always good. They need to get their jumpers on, don't they, really? Um, Phil, give us a little rundown about the coverage that we offer for the county championship starting next week against Leicestershire. Well, yeah, we're we're covering all games from from Headingley. um, And I think I've just about got the personnel to to cover everything. Uh, (laughs) I think the the one day we may be struggling on um, is... um, uh, Easter uh, Sunday, um, with it being a religious festival, um, and uh, um, Leeds at home that day. Struggling for, uh, for, for, for Leeds United at home that day, are they? Yeah. Um, well, in which case they would take precedence. Um, but uh, beyond that, we will be uh, providing uh, uh, coverage. Um, uh, Yorkshire's fate this year. Um, you know, the, the, I've, I've written down three words here, which I think neatly sums up what. Jim was saying, and, and I've written down uncapped Johnny Tattersall, and I've nothing against the guy in the slightest. Uh, I think he's been a super player for for Yorkshire, and and, and I've enjoyed seeing his his, his sort of phoenix like uh, re- resurrection um, from having been discarded. Um, but really, um, you know, a, a club the the size and status of Yorkshire um, uh, turning to an uncapped player to captain the team. Um, it just 
sort of beggar's belief, really. Uh, and I would have thought that there must be some some of the senior players there could could step into the breach um, and bring some experience to that role. Um, I'm sure he'll learn, but uh, it's certainly not the finished article. And, and Yorkshire will want to start this season well and, and, and try and bounce back first time. Absolutely. When you say uncapped, you mean he's not been capped by the county, is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, got you. Um, not that he's not played internationally, it is a county cap. No, no, it's a, yeah, they, they, they award the county cap to yeah. a senior player, sorry, a junior player, when they prove themselves. And um, Harry Brook received his uh, cap uh, towards the end of last season. Wow. And, you, uh, need to, you need to earn it. Yeah, he's gone on uh, strength to strength, that's Harry Brook. <laughs> Definitely so. Um, brilliant. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, we'll do a big cricket preview uh, next week uh, when the fixtures start. Um, and so now just a little um, little thing. We've got, what, six minutes left or so. Um, the sporting, the piece of sporting memorabilia that you wish you could own. Um, and we'll go with Jim first. OK, this is this was quite easy for me. Um, and it relates to Saturday, the 15th of May, 2021. When, after 137 years of trying, Leicester City actually won the FA Cup with that goal from Yuri Tielemans. Um, and I would like the ball on the basis that there is <laughs> only one ball from the FA Cup. And I don't think Leicester City are likely to do it again probably in another 137 years. Um, so, um, so the ball from that game would be a, be a lovely reminder. Um, and while Tielemans gets all the credits, um, shouldn't be forgotten that Schmeichel made uh, a couple of outstanding saves in that uh, uh, in that, that game, which made made all the difference. But yeah. this year they could have got a lot further, but as usual, blew it against Blackburn. But uh, but yeah, so that's mine, um, and uh, I'd love to have that ball sitting on the mantelpiece. I bet you would. To see your team win the FA Cup, just I can't imagine how good that actually is. Um, yeah. My team won it in uh, 1894, so just a bit before my time. Um, what was it like, the game here? <laughs> a first second division club ever to win the FA Cup and the second hat-trick in an FA Cup final. Uh, you know, not right. bad. Um, Bill, the piece of sporting memorabilia that you wish you could own. Well, I, I, I mean, it's completely hypothetical. I mean, Jim may possibly one day, as uh, an extreme um, um, uh, um, look, uh, end up with that. Uh, I won't end up with mine. Um, mine. Mine goes back to 1882, um, and it's the Ashes Urn, just four inches high, and it would just fit <laughs> up the shelf here uh, very nicely. Um, it, it, it stems from the mock obituary uh, about the death of uh, um, English cricket, having uh, lost the game against Australia at the Oval and the Ashes uh, being uh, sent to uh, Australia. Um, what I did find out that was um, I always thought it was a cricket bale and the Ashes were uh, were in this little urn. And it's almost certainly not. It was more likely a lady's veil, apparently. Uh, oh, is uh, ended up in there um, but it's all the historic associations with the amazing series uh, down the years um, the body line in the uh, the 1930s, the 1981 Botham's Ashes, the 2006 Ashes and, and it just never fails to um, yeah. bring such incredible drama and 
And we've got all that to look forward to later in the season. We have indeed looking forward to the Ashes this summer. Um, England, Australia. Um, thank you very much, Bill. And so one last one uh, before we go. Um, so who is your all-time sporting hero? So not necessarily just football or cricket, anybody. Sporting hero of all time. And we'll start again with Jim. Um, right. Well, we needed some criteria here, I thought. So yeah. my, my criteria was who would I always set the video to watch? And on that basis, I decided it had to be some somebody who played an individual sport. So um, mm-hmm. uh, I narrowed it down to three. Uh, one was Tiger Woods. One was Mark Cavendish. Uh, but in the end, I went for one Ronald Antonio O'Sullivan, born in December 1975. Uh, 21 Triple Crown titles, seven Worlds, seven Masters, seven UKs. Uh, most ranking titles, 39. Turned professional in 1992, age 16. Won his first professional event, age 17. Youngest player to win a ranking title. Still holds that record. Youngest player to win the Masters. First achieved that in 1995. Um, came the oldest champion. So longevity was another factor that I, I took into account as well. Not just a, a one-season person. Uh, made his first competitive century break at the age of 10, would you believe? Uh, his first competitive maximum break at the age of 15. Um, he's made, he's played 1,468 matches. And he's won 1,096 of them. 74.66% wow. average. He's made 1,191 uh, centuries. Uh, I could well go on. Um, but also... Uh, did you know that he's written three crime novels uh, in collaboration with, with, with author Emlyn Rees? Um, one's called Framed, one's called Double Kiss, I thought that was an interesting one, and the third one is called The Break. Uh, they're not autobiographical, but they are loosely based on his early ex- early experiences of family life, of course, wow. which much has been written previously. He's also authored a health and fitness book, with nutritionist Rihanna Lambert, entitled Top of Your Game, Eating for Mind and Body. So um, uh, he's also got the fastest break, of course, five minutes and eight seconds. He's 147 in 1997. So for me, um, he just ticked slightly more boxes than Tiger Woods and Mark Cavendish. So he would be my, my sporting hero. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Jim. And Bill, your sporting hero of all time. Yeah, I, I, I thought this through, and I, I keep coming back to uh, the same character um, who was uh, born back in 1872, um, and I think it was sort of quite um, quite appropriate. I was reading the Times this week and reading about the Czech uh, making a sporting comeback in ice hockey in goal, and it got me thinking about the sort of polymath who believes uh, um, in more than one sport, the sort of irritating individual. You remember them back at school, of course. <laughs> yeah. Victor yeah. Lodorum and all that. Yeah. Um, and I started looking at the uh, people who, you know, achieved in several uh, international sports. Um, and there are 13 players who uh, uh, played for uh, uh, England at both football and cricket. And, of course, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, no. Because the same edition of the Times, um, it was pointing out that the likes of Harry Kane will be playing football into the latter half of uh, 
uh, June before heading up on tour, probably to the Far East with uh, with Tottenham and Manchester United going out to the Far East and somebody else going off to America before pre-season. Uh, and these poor old footballers are getting sort of a fortnight's holiday before they're, they're back in and starting off in uh, uh, in August. Um, I won't read you the full list of these uh, guys who uh, played both, but uh, one did jump out at me, and I, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd include Billy Gunn, who played for England and Notts County. Um, yes, so did. Yes, I thought he would appreciate uh, that. There are plenty of others, plenty of others who played... Um, uh, international cricket and professional football, um, and these include Dennis Compton, who played for Arsenal, David Bairstow, Bradford City, uh, Chris Balderston, um, uh, played for uh, England and Yorkshire, Huddersfield Town and Doncaster Rovers, and Chris Balderston has the uh, distinction of being the only um, uh, footballer to complete a football match in the middle of a century. Um, I think he was about 60-odd uh, not out at Chesterfield, Travelled up to Doncaster, played a game of football, went back and completed his century in the morning. Um, Ian Belfin, side bottom, Mickey Stewart, and Fatty Folks uh, was an England footballer who played for uh, uh, for Derbyshire. Um, but my man has got multiple talents beyond that. Um, C. B. Fry, Charles Burgess Fry. Um, uh, John Arlett described uh, Charles Fry could be autocratic, angry, and self-willed. He was also magnanimous, extravagant, generous, elegant, brilliant and fun. He was probably the most variously gifted Englishman of any age. So, cricket, Charles Fry, played for Surrey, Oxford, uh, went on tour with England, uh, made his debut in 1895, played in 26 tests in total uh, and captained uh, in the last six tests when, before he retired from international cricket in 1912, um, scored 1,223 international runs at 32.18 and 30,886 runs in first-class cricket at 50.22. Moving on to football, he was apparently an exceptional defender, and it was in the days of the amateurs. Uh, he played for Corinthians for 12 years, and uh, oh, no Pichinados of uh, the early days of the FA Cup will remember Wanderers and Corinthians and those. Yeah, it uh, was from uh, latter years. Um, he realised that to progress in uh, in, in, in football, uh, he'd need to engage with a professional game. So uh, he joined Southampton, played for them 16 times, and whilst there, um, was selected as a fullback. It doesn't say whether it was right back or left back. Um, uh, to play against Ireland, which I imagine was in the home internationals. Uh, yeah. And also turned out in the 1902 uh, Cup final, which uh, which they lost. So that brings him up to parity with that list I gave earlier. But he also played rugby, uh, played for Blackheath <laughs> uh, and turned out for the uh, Barbarians. Um, and in those days, there was a match, the South versus the North, uh, which was effectively an England trial. He was first reserve. Unfortunately, there were no injuries and he didn't get on the pitch. Um, oh. But had he done so, he may possibly have been the first triple international of all times. But we don't end there. He was an exceptional athlete at uh, Oxford University. Um, uh, and in, eight, 19, sorry, in 1883, um, he equaled the world long jump record. Um, with a jump of 23 feet and 6 inches, and that stood for a year. So uh, not only was he a double international, but a world record uh, holder. And acrobatics, his party trick was to leap from a stationary position on the floor backwards onto the mantelpiece, turning in the air and bowing to the gallery afterwards, which he did many a stately home. 
uh, apparently, and I've just written down, it makes you sick. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> not, jealous, not, not, not jealous or anything. Um, no. In later life, he, he tried to get elected to uh, Parliament and came within 219 votes of taking uh, the Banbury seat uh, in the uh, 1923 uh, general election. Um, and then his, uh, his life sort of seems to uh, have fizzled out a little bit from there. He ended up uh, running a, a training ship for the Royal Navy with his uh, somewhat of a dragon of a wife, by all accounts, and uh, um, had some mental health uh, uh, struggles. Um, but uh, lived to a, a, a decent old uh, uh, age. Um, and, uh, yeah, just an amazing uh, and incredible, uh, incredible yeah. life. But, uh, we will not see the like of him again, I think it's fair to say, purely and simply because he was a product of uh, that wonderful uh, amateur era. Yes. Was he a speed skater, Bill? He wasn't, no, funnily enough. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> failed, failed the test then. I'm sure he'd have been very good at it if he tried. <laughs> I'm sure he would have. I mean, football, cricket, and then rugby as well, and athletics, and wow, just, uh, yeah, not jealous at all. Actually, not jealous <laughs> at all. Um, Bill and Jim, thank you so much, guys, for your input this week. It's been fantastic. Um, just over the half an hour, so I don't think I'll get my wrist slapped this week by Mr. Chairman. But uh, thanks a lot, guys. Um, just to remind you, on Saturday, we have uh, Bradford against Grimsby at one o'clock. Then we have Huddersfield against Middlesbrough at three o'clock. And then on Tuesday, we have Leeds United against Nottingham Forest um, from quarter to eight. I believe that's a quarter to eight kickoff. So that's your sport coming up on Leeds Hospital Radio Sport. Uh, but until then, get well soon and hopefully get out of hospital, and we'll say goodbye.